Dear loving Father in heaven, glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name for your goodness, love, and mercy bestowed upon your children on this earth. We thank you for your faithfulness, your protection, and guidance over us. We have heard of your kingdom that you are preparing for us, and we do not want to miss it. We want to prepare for the coming of our Lord Jesus. Therefore, we pray that this moment, while we fellowship with you, that you would equip us and prepare us to be citizens of your kingdom. Grant every one of us listening of your Holy Spirit, and put your words in my mouth, that I may speak blessings to all who are listening. Thank you, Lord, for hearing, and thank you for answering my prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, August 31 Witnessing But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 As God called Daniel to witness for him in Babylon, so he calls us to be his witnesses in the world today. In the smallest as well as the largest affairs of life, he desires us to reveal to men the principles of his kingdom. Many are waiting for some great work to be brought to them, while daily they lose opportunities for revealing faithfulness to God. Daily they fail of discharging with wholeheartedness the little duties of life. In the life of the true Christian, there are no non-essentials. In the sight of omnipotence, every duty is important. The Lord measures with exactness every possibility for service. The unused capabilities are just as much brought into account as those that are used. We shall be judged by what we ought to have done but did not accomplish because we did not use our powers to glorify God. A noble character is not the result of accident. It is not due to special favors or endowments of providence. It is the result of self discipline, of subjection, of the lower to the higher nature, of the surrender of self to the service of God and man. The body is a most important medium through which the mind and the soul are developed for the upbuilding of character. Hence, it is that the adversary of souls directs his temptations to the enfeebling and degrading of the physical powers. The body is to be brought into subjection to the higher powers of the being. The passions are to be controlled by the will, which is itself to be under the control of God. The kingly power of reason sanctified by divine grace is to bear sway in the life. Intellectual power, physical stamina, and the length of life depend upon immutable laws. Through obedience to these laws, man may stand conqueror of himself, conqueror of his own inclinations, conqueror of the rulers of the darkness of this world and of spiritual wickedness in high 
places. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Witnessing. Amen. And this is going to bring us to a very important study in what we started about two days ago when we were looking at what it was that brought Daniel to be what he is when we studied the source of wisdom in August 29. I want to read from Conflict and Courage from that devotion, page 247, paragraph 2. It says, In acquiring the wisdom of the Babylonians, Daniel and his companions were more successful than their fellow students, but their learning did not come by chance. They placed themselves in connection with the source of all wisdom, making the knowledge of God the foundation of their education. In faith, they prayed for wisdom and they lived their prayers. They placed themselves where God could bless them. They avoided that which would weaken their powers and improved every opportunity to become intelligent in all lines of learning. They followed the rules of life that could not fail to give them strength of intellect. They sought to acquire knowledge for one purpose, that they might honor God. In order to stand as representatives of true religion amid, amid the false religions of hedonism, they must have clearness of intellect and must perfect a Christian character." End of quote. I've gone through this to remind us of the steps that we must follow if we must be like Daniel. There we saw that the things that must be done, we've discussed them, things like placing yourself in connection with God and ensuring that you place yourself where God can bless you following the laws of life. Yesterday we looked at these laws of life and day before yesterday also with respect to how God communicates to us and how we are the temple of the living God and God wants to dwell in us. Daniel was spoken of as the one in whom the Spirit of God dwelt in. We the Lord has told us in the book of 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17 that we are his temple and God wants to dwell in us and walk in us and he gives the conditions. Touch not the unclean thing, be ye separate. Avoid fornication, the Holy Spirit says in the book of Acts 15 verse 28. Avoid diseased animals. Avoid eating things, sacrificed to idols and stay away from blood. Virtually, we have to stay away from the animal-based diet if you want to be like Daniel. You see, these boys, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, represent what we must be in the last days. Their entering into Babylon represents our being in the world and not of the world, especially in the last days. Their life is a type, just as we read in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 and 11 we are told these things were written as types that is end samples daniel's life and his brothers their life is an ensemble so that we are to look at them and say this is what we are to be in babylon babylon represents the world they represent god's children in the last days specifically not god's children all through the years why do we see Daniel? Because Daniel was given those visions that pertain to the last days. His character, his life, his fidelity represents what God's children must be if they must receive the seal of the living God. And one thing we see about them is that God blessed them with wisdom in all learning 
and spiritual understanding, interpretations of dreams and visions. Why? Because of one thing that the Lord singled out and the Lord wants you to single it out. The practice of keeping the physical habits in such a way that the Lord can bless and His Spirit can dwell in us. In these last days, above all others, not before these last days, don't get me wrong. Before now, things were different. But in these last days in which we live, Our life is to be completely different. You cannot compare us with Abraham. You cannot say, oh, David did this, we must do the same. No, no, no. In these last days, it is a different thing. Daniel is the example. Him and his brothers are the example of what we must do. Their lifestyle should be our lifestyle. That lifestyle of avoiding anything that will defile the body. That is what we must do in these last days. Now, one thing we see about them is that God called them to be witnesses for him in Babylon, so he calls us to be witnesses in the world today. How? In the smallest as well as the largest affairs of life. This one we are looking at the smallest affairs. They are going to, we are going to see later the larger affairs. We are looking at the smaller affairs. This is no time for compromise. This is no time for us to try to please people and eat the things they give to us just to make them happy or just to ensure that we are loved by them. No. We have to please God in and evangelize and be witnesses for Him in the smallest affairs. He desires us to reveal to men the principles of His kingdom. To not do this will be to deny Christ. We are not to be ashamed to show our true colors in minor affairs. Reading from Christ counsels to the church, page 81, paragraph 2, we are told, in our mingling in society, in families, or in whatever relations of life we are placed, either limited or extended, there are many ways wherein we may acknowledge our Lord, and many ways wherein we may deny Him. We may deny Him in our words by speaking evil of others, by foolish talking, jesting and joking by idle or unkind words or by prevaricating speaking contrary to the truth you know that daniel and his brothers won't do this continuing it says in our words we may confess that christ is not in us in our character we may deny him by loving our ease by shunning the duties and burdens of life which someone must bear if we do not and by loving sinful pleasure no movies entertainment games we may also deny christ by pride of dress and conformity to the world or by uncourteous behavior we may deny him by loving our own opinions and by seeking to maintain and justify ourselves oh my this is one that troubles me a lot when i see people like king saul you are hearing the word of god i'm telling you i hear the sheep and you are still saying i am right i justifying yourself when you do that you're denying christ i continue to read and it says we may also deny him in allowing the mind to run in the channel of love seek sentimentalism and to brood over our supposed hard lot and trials no one can truly confess christ before the world unless the mind and spirit of Christ live in him. It is impossible to communicate that which we have not. The conversation and the deportment should be a real and visible expression of grace and truth within. If the heart is sanctified, submissive and humble, the fruits will be seen outwardly 
and will be our most effectual confession of Christ. Amen. We have to be witnesses like we are told. As God called Daniel to witness for him in Babylon, he calls us to be his witnesses. Opportunities for witnesses, witnessing come to us. I mentioned this yesterday. And we are not to deny Christ in such, a, in such situations. Message to young people, page 370, paragraph 3 says, If you truly belong to Christ, you will have opportunities for witnessing for him. You will be invited to attend places of amusement. And then... It will be that you will have an opportunity to testify to your Lord. If you are true to Christ then, you will not try to form excuses for your non-attendance, but will plainly and modestly declare that you are a child of God and your principles would not allow you to be in a place even for one occasion where you could not invite the presence of your Lord. End of quote. What did we read about Daniel? Daniel was invited to eat things that were sacrificed to idols, things that would have defiled him. And he politely told them his his stand, he showed his principles. This is what it is about, the principles in the smallest as well as the largest affairs of life. God desires us to reveal to men the principles of his kingdom. Tell people why you cannot come to that wedding on Sabbath or why you cannot write the exam on Sabbath or why you don't dress like them or why you don't eat like them or why you don't watch those programs. Don't try to make it look at, oh, it's my opinion. Don't worry, I get it's your opinion. You can go ahead with what you want to do. I go ahead with what I do. I don't have anything against you. No, don't say that. Let them know that you have a problem with going against the principles that you have and let them know the principles of the kingdom of God show them from the word of god if they don't believe in the word of god let them know that these are the principles these are the principles you hold and show them your reasons why why you don't dress like them why you don't eat like them why you don't go to the places they go to why you don't speak like them why you don't find joy and pleasure in the things they find pleasure in like the movies the games the entertainment the jesting the joking the stand-up comedies the cartoons let them don't say "Mm, it's just my i just don't like it but really, you are just trying to avoid having a trouble. You're just trying to uh, maintain so-called good relationship with them. They're just being politically correct. Let them know your principles. This was what Daniel and his brothers did. They showed their true colors. They witnessed for God when the opportunity came and they were given foods that they couldn't eat. And what was the result? Daniel 1 verse 20. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Amen. What do you think Daniel would have said to Nebuchadnezzar if he was asked concerning the creation of this world? Do you think he would tell Nebuchadnezzar what he wanted to hear? That the world was created by what? Or evolution? Big Bang? He would tell Nebuchadnezzar the truth. When you go to your examinations, don't say I'm going to write what they told me so that I'll pass. You tell the, Because that was what happened here. Daniel was in school for three years and they were brought for examination. And in his examination, he was found different. Why was he different? Was he saying the same things the Babylonians were saying and the Chaldeans and the other astrologers? No. Him and his brothers were saying something different. And that's why he was found to be ten times wiser. Not because he was saying the same things with them. He knew the things they knew. But he would add to that the truth 
the word of God. Remember that he made the knowledge of God the foundation of his own education, even though he was receiving the learning of the Babylonians. Now, we need to understand how Daniel achieves this. We read in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 249, paragraph 3. In the life of the, of the true Christian, there are no non-essentials. In the sight of omnipotence, every duty is important. The Lord measures with exactness every possibility for service. The unused capabilities are just as much brought into account as those that are used. We shall be judged by what we ought to have done but did not accomplish because we did not use our powers to the glory to, to glorify God. End of quote. This reminds me of the faithfulness in little things that we must have. Writing to a young man in Testimonies, Volume 2, page 310, the Spirit of Prophecy says, Your case is similar in some respects to Naaman's. You do not consider that in order to perfect a Christian character, you must condescend to be faithful in the littles. Although the things you are called to do may be of small account in your eyes, yet they are duties which you will have to do just as long as you live. A neglect of these things will make a great deficiency in your character. You, my dear boy, should educate yourself to faithfulness in small things. You cannot please God unless you do this. You cannot gain love and affection unless you do just as you are bidden with willingness and pleasure. If you wish those with whom you live to love you, you must show love and respect for them." End of quote. This faithfulness in little things is very important because it is these little things like we saw that um, builds the character. Like we saw, a, a noble character is not the result of accident and having that virtuous life comes with hard work. Our mental capabilities must be developed and God expects that of us. Now, one other part we need to look at with respect to having the Spirit of God dwelling in us is the faculties of the mind. Daniel and his brothers ensured that they developed themselves in all learning, knowledge. And to do this, the mind must be exercised and be trained. And we must know that it should be used to the glory of God. We read that the body is to be brought into subjection to the higher powers of the being. The passions are to be controlled by the will which is itself to be under the control of God. The kingly power of reason sanctified by divine grace is to bear sway in the life. Intellectual power, physical stamina and the length of life depend upon immutable laws. End of quote. That's from Conflict and Courage, page 249, paragraph 6. These things mentioned here, the will, the reason, they are the faculties of the mind and it is only through these faculties that we build up our character. We read that the body is a most important medium through which the mind and the soul are developed for the upbuilding of character. So if you want to have good faculties, you must take care of your body. It affects the faculties of your mind. Hence it is that the adversary of souls directs his temptations to the enfeebling and degrading of the physical powers. So Satan knows that for your mind to be developed, your body needs to be kept in a good condition so he attacks the body. We have already talked yesterday about how to take care of the body. So let us talk about the mind and the faculties. Um, as far as I know, we have about seven faculties of the mind. The perception is one. That is the way we look at things, your perspective and your worldview. Another one is your conscience, which is your seat of judgment of right and wrong. Then another is the imagination. That is the creative imagery in the mind, the ability 
to picture things in the mind. It's like your thoughts in picture format. And then you have your reason. You can also call this your intellect or your judgment. It is the ability to think logically from cause to effect. When we say the conscience is a seat of judgment, it's in the sense of right and wrong. But the reasoning is how you reason, how you uh, your thought flows from cause to effect, connecting the dots to see what leads to what. How did this come about? That's your reasoning, the kingly power of reasoning, indeed. And then there's the memory, that is your data or information uh, holding capacity. Then you also have the intuition. The intuition is how is the faculty of the mind that makes decisions drawn from not necessarily rational, logical thinking, but from irrational ways that's from experience not with the rational process and then finally you have the king of the faculties your will which is your choice the seat of decision now it is through these faculties that a novel character is developed reading from mind character and personality page 545 paragraph 2 we are told in paragraph 2 and 3 Every faculty in man is a workman that is building for time and for eternity. Day by day, the structure is going up. Although the possessor is not aware of it, it is a building which must stand either as a beacon of warning because of its deformity or as a structure which God and angels will admire for its harmony with the divine model. The mental and moral powers which God has given us do not constitute character. They are talents which we are to improve and which, if properly improved, will form a right character. What are these two things? Your mental and moral powers. Remember we've been talking about how your food and every other thing you do to your body takes, um, affects your mental and moral character. We studied about the blood that if it is diseased, it affects your mental and moral character. Now, let's say you have good blood. It's still not enough. After you have kept yourself having that good blood, mental and moral um, uh, powers being intact, you still need to develop it with something else. The word of God. But I continue reading now. It says, a man may have precious seed in his hand. That's like your mental and moral powers. Everything is fine. A man may have precious seed in his hand, but that seed is not an orchard. The seed must be planted before it can become a tree. The mind is the garden. The character is the fruit. God has given us our faculties to cultivate and develop. Our own course determines our character. In training, in training these parts so that they shall harmonize and form a valuable character, we have a work which no one but ourselves can do. End of quote. So, what is it that we are seeing here? Having done all you need to do in taking care of your body, which you know that it affects your mental and moral powers. Your mental and moral power will now be like good seed, but yet it still needs to be cultivated. You've done your part in changing your lifestyle and having good physical habits. Your blood is flowing well, fresh air is coming in, you are receiving the sunlight, your joints are moving, you are doing your exercise, and you are also um, doing all this because you want to glorify God, but yet the faculties of the mind still needs development. and we need to learn that there's something else that must be done. Remember what Daniel and his brothers did? That is, they made God the foundation of their education. That is the way to train the mind, by making God the foundation of the education. You see these faculties that were listed just now, they have everything to do with forming our characters. If they are not properly informed, 
directed, cultivated, we will still have bad characters even though we do all we can to keep our bodies in the right direction. And here is where the word of God comes in. The word of God must come in to sharpen that conscience. What you, th- you know this conscience is that seat of right and wrong like I mentioned earlier. But it is not the food that is going to inform the conscience of what is right and wrong. You need the word of God to update that conscience. The conscience is like the antivirus in your body, in your mind. What does it do? While your immune system keeps your diseases away from the body, your conscience keeps away sin in the sense of knowing what is wrong and right. You see how the immune system identifies evil and fights it? That's how the conscience, unless it is told what is good and what is bad, it cannot rise up against evil, neither can it it commend the good. If you tell your conscience that good is evil and evil is good, it will follow it. And you can feel bad about doing good things and you can feel good about doing bad things depending on what you tell your conscience. If you tell your conscience that, for example, polygamy is not a sin, you may do it and then feel that you are doing right. But in the eyes of God, you are wrong. That conscience, that antivirus needs updating. It hasn't come up to place. It hasn't come up to speed. It needs to be told by the word of God what sin is and what sin is not. Updating the conscience with the word of God is what will help that faculty of the mind to come up to the right direction now. Having updated your conscience is still not enough to make decision because the will is the one that makes the decision. It helps to at least to make the will make the right decision decision. I want to read something else from Mind, Character and Personality, Volume 2, page 546, paragraph 1. It says, Christ has given us no assurance that to attain perfection of character is an easy matter. A noble, all-round character is not inherited. It does not come to us by accident. A noble character is earned by individual effort through the merits of the grace of Christ. God gives the talents, the powers of the mind. We form the character. It is formed by hard, stern battles with self. Conflict after conflict must be waged against hereditary tendencies. We shall have to criticize ourselves closely and allow not one unfavorable trait to remain uncorrected. End of quote. Amen. So, our faculties are affected by our habits like we've seen before and it is no easy matter. We must continue to press on and fight using these faculties to attain that noble all-round character. Reading from Manuscript Releases, Volume 10, page 299, Paragraph 2, to see the way these faculties, you know, I've mentioned them, your memory, your imagination, your will, your reasoning, intuition, and uh, conscience, all of this and the perception how they are f- they, they, they are affected by the things we do to our body that's what i want to read of on now it says dietary intemperance enfeebles the brain the success of acquiring a good memory you know daniel had good memory yes the success of doing of having this good memory and a calm uniform temper depends not upon circumstances but very much upon the way in which the stomach is treated if food is taken at any and every time it is desired the organs of digestion are abused and man must pay the penalty nature will not suffer abuse without proclaiming it in disordered nerves and muscles and intellect the gourmand for this he may be called who of overloads his stomach should remember that the nerve power must be called upon to take care of the burden placed upon the stomach and the brain is enfeebled in being deprived of the power necessary to strengthen the memory." End of quote. 
So what is the power necessary to strengthen the memory? It is that brain. But if you put a lot of food into your stomach and overload it, it cannot work. Has it not happened to you before? I've experienced it. If you eat, and not even just overeating, but when you finish eating and you want to read, you find out that it's too much for you. You can't handle it. Sometimes your eyes start to close and you almost want to hibernate because you are doing something you shouldn't be doing. Now, if one overeats, it affects the mind. Do you know what part of the mind it affects? It affects your ability, your cognitive ability, your perception for a moment. It can also affect your reasoning, but mostly I'll say, from what I have experienced, it affects your imagination. Overeating can make you start to start to have thoughts in your mind that is wholly um, out of place. Sometimes it so affects the mind that when you are dreaming in the night, when you sleep and you've overeaten, or you eat late in the night, it affects your dream and you start to have all these bad dreams and somebody will say, oh, I, I had this dream, I had that dream, but he ate in the night, he had a bad dream. That's how your imagination, and you know that dreams depend highly on that faculty of the mind called the imagination because you are seeing pictures. Overeating affects these pictures even when you are weak and you should be careful about that. So let us look at the faculties of the mind again. We've talked about the conscience earlier and how you see that it must be updated with the word of God. And even the reasoning, the reasoning power like we read even in devotion today is the king. And if it is not properly um, trained, wow, we'll be coming to wrong conclusions, wrong conclusions all the time. You must have the correct understanding of cause and effect. You must be able to trace not superstitiously but scientifically with common sense why things happen the way they do. I remember when we studied about King Ahaz, he couldn't connect it and see the judgment of God on him. That it was because he had departed from God that those uh, evils were happening to him in his kingdom. 200,000 people taken away, in, killed in one day and then um, slaves taken from his kingdom. I think that was the one that was about 200,000. A lot of people and he couldn't reason from cause to effect to find out that it was because he departed from God that this was happening to him. Well, let's say that one was difficult, but many today cannot even reason from cause to effect to understand that what they are putting in their mouth is what is making them to have diseased bodies and diseased minds. They would rather lean on superstition and believe something that is not reasonable and say that it was done to them spiritually. We must have sharp reasoning and let our reasoning be guided by the word of God. If, the God. if God says through his word that it is because of this that this happens, he is reasoning with us. God said in Isaiah 1 verse 18, come, let us reason together. God, what is reasoning? He wants to show you cause to effect. He wants to tell you your sins have turned away good things from you. What is the cause of good things turning away from you? It is your sins. And you must have faith and believe. God is God is teaching us reasoning. It's not everything that we can use our mind to connect. But God has made the connection for us. Believe him. God makes the connection telling you if you subsist on this diet, this is what will happen. If you live like this, this is what will happen. He's telling you effect and cause, effect and cause. The Bible is filled with so much effect and cause because for every conditional statement, there is effect and cause. God says, if this, then this. If you do this, I will do this. If my people who are um, called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, they will find me. What is the condition? It is, if you humble yourself, the effect will be, you will find God. 
there is cause and effect all over the word of God and we must allow our faculties to be educated by the word of God. Let it teach us reason. Don't let the world teach you reason. Let the faculty of the reasoning be educated by the word of God. And how about your perception? Oh, that one needs to be so educated by the word of God. The perception you have is your worldview. How do you view things? For example, some people feel bad when people give them things with their left hand. Because of the perception, they have been told that it is bad for people to give them things with their left hand or to give people things with their left hand and it affects their conscience. You see that? Your perception is your values of what you understand truth to be and what you understand evil to be. Your perception of right, your perception of wrong, it affects your conscience. What you perceive with your eyes, with your ears or with your mind or what you have made as conclusions. Those things are very important because wrong perceptions can be very close to superstition and so affect your conscience to make you feel good about something that is bad or make you feel bad about something that is good. Let us take for example the people in Papua New Guinea. There are some tribes there that believe in their perception, not because of reasoning now, that when their ancestors die, if they eat their bodies and their brains, then they will be as great as their ancestors and they do it faithfully. What did it lead to? It led to Creutzfeldt Jakobsen's disease, what we know as CJD, or you can call it mad cow disease, bovine spongiform encephalopathy. That is, they lose their senses. Can you imagine? They start to have this kind of disease where they cannot even relate with anybody. I can't describe it. I've just seen the video of it some time ago. Uh, it's just, it makes you behave mad. But what was it that caused it? eating of human flesh but what brought about the eating of human flesh a faulty perception thinking that by eating somebody you become like the person can you imagine yeah maybe you didn't have that perception and that's why you are saved from it but they had that perception and they were eating their ancestors scrambling to eat the brains of their grandmothers and grandfathers and it led them to disease faulty perception no matter how innocent we are in following it will not lead us to a right direction you may be sincere you may be innocent you may be ignorant but your faulty perception will not help you do you want to have the right perception go to the word of god don't bring up traditional perceptions. They will not lead you anywhere. It is these perceptions that the Lord said, don't follow. It is the hidden perceptions in Jeremiah chapter 10. They look at the skies. They look at the sun and they say, oh, we will worship it. And then they are afraid of all those signs in the, in the heavens. God says, don't be afraid of them. It is the hidden who are afraid of them. Allow your perception to be formed by the word of God. And we have already seen that the way we take care of ourselves determine how our memory will be. But our memory is something that the imagination feeds upon. How do you help your memory? You help your memory by what we read before concerning the treasure. Your memory is the treasure of your mind. And Jesus said a good man, out of the good memory, the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. You see, the memory is powerful. Store it. It is your choice. That's one part of the faculty that is easily dealt with. You choose what you look at. You choose what you listen to. You choose what you talk about. You choose what you see with your eyes. You choose where you go. But all these things is being stored in the memory. Do you want your memory to be good so that your imagination can lift up from that memory good things? Then watch good things, read good things, hear good things. Don't let anything that is evil come to your mind because they will all be stored there. Then we still have your intuition. 
Don't let experiences go without learning lessons from them. Learn lessons from people's experience and from yours. Your intuition will feed on it. When you don't have the connection of reasoning all the time, but you have that experience and intuition, you can use it with the word of God to make conclusions that are very close to what is right and many times even right. And finally, your will. You must train it to make the right choices all the time. Remember that all these faculties will not be in a good condition except your physical habits are right. And what's more is something else we've talked about with respect to taking care of the body is fornication. The Bible says that fornication defiles the body. First Corinthians 6 verse 16 to 19 says what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the harlot is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication f- sinneth against his own body. Remember, this body, that's already in our devotion. Satan knows that it is through it that the mind can be developed. So he wants to defile it. And one way he does that is with fornication. Verse 19 then says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? It is for this reason that David, when he committed adultery, prayed in Psalm 51 verse 9 to 12, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And hear his words now. He says, And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Why is David praying this? Because fornication is a sin against the body, and the Holy Spirit leaves anyone who engages in that. It shows itself today in things like pornography, masturbation, sexual intercourse outside marriage, even within the marriage bed, when you allow your passions to take over you and you do things that are not healthful, then you are taking away the Holy Spirit from yourself. But make no mistake, the Spirit of God will not dwell in any fornicator any more than in an envious, stubborn man like King Saul. It was because of King Saul's rebellion, envy and pride that the Spirit of God we read in the Bible could not dwell in him. And if we exhibit the same rebellion towards God's will and ways, we defile our body and the Spirit of God cannot dwell in us. As much as fornication defiles, envy does defile, pride does defile, stubbornness defiles. We read it in King King Saul's story. The Spirit of God left him because of disobedience and rebellion. And it will leave you too if you do any of these things, whether it's fornication, disobedience, rebellion. And what will be the result? The faculties of the mind will not be properly developed and we cannot perform uh, perfect a good character and have a noble character. You see, apart from avoiding the things that destroy the fine sensibilities of the brain, we must also put things into our bodies, the things that work for its development. It is for this reason that Daniel and his brothers chose diet of vegetables, a plant-based diet. It is a well-known fact that a plant-based diet is more and well calculated to work for the health and development of both body and mind. And without a sound mind and body, we cannot have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and render obedience to God, thereby perfecting Christian character. Brothers and sisters, I pray that these words that we have learned concerning how to have the Spirit of the gods dwell in us like it dwells in Daniel will be appropriated. Don't let it go without practicing it. You want to be like Daniel? That's what we ought to be in these last days. But don't think that you'll fall short of the requirements of Daniel. What I just mentioned now concerning fornication, you know that Daniel was not involved in that, being that he was an Enoch. 
and his mind was kept pure and we must keep ourselves pure in these last days that we may bring honor to god let us pray dear father in heaven thank you lord for these lessons that we have learned help us lord to keep our bodies under that we may not defile it and that we may prepare it for your holy spirit to dwell in and we present our minds to you to be sanctified to be built up by your word our reasoning our memory our perception our will our intuition our memory and imagination lord please sanctify them all that they may be used to your glory thank you lord for hearing and answering our prayers in jesus name we pray amen